have found Lords of Order, a DC Comics Dr. Fate fan podcast. This is episode 99, and I am your host, Ed Moore. You can email me at drfatefanpodcast at gmail.com, leave comments on Facebook and Google Plus on the Lords of Order pages, tweet at T-O-T-E-A-L Productions, or leave comments on the website bigtimenoise.com slash Dr. Fate. The main book this episode, More Fun Comics, the 1936 volume, issue 93, dated September-October 1943. Do you believe in luck? Lucky Lane does, and he has reason to. Crime follows crime as he pursues his murder-studded career, and the baffled officers of the law, knowing his guilt, are yet powerless to bring him to justice. Then this criminal cur, the apparent favorite of fortune, runs afoul of Dr. Fate, and his luck charm savagely vies with the glowing talisman of the man of magic, who heroically tackles the task of shattering once and for all the legend of Lucky Lane. Uh, interestingly enough, just a couple episodes ago in the All-Star Comics episode, uh, All-Star Comics 17, I believe it was, I believe we fought Lucky Luke in that one. So, so close in uh, production time, I wonder if there is a connection. Uh, I've noticed connections like that throughout other more fun comics, All-Star Comics combinations, even though they're written by different people. Uh, the gentleman writing the Dr. Fate feature in More Fun Comics now, who um, I should tell you is Joe Samachin, uh, and this issue was penciled and inked by Howard Sherman, uh, is not the gentleman who has been doing so in the All-Star Comics issues, which is Gardner Fox and Howard Sherman. So, although they, they do seem to run very closely simpatico, if not simpatico, at the same time. Hard to say exactly when these scripts were delivered. Uh, These are short, so maybe they were just delivered, you know, spur of the moment on the spot kind of thing anyways. But apparently there's a gang war going on in Gotham. Yes, in Gotham City. Have you forgotten that that is where Dr. Fate is? Gotham City. Along with the Golden Age Green Lantern, Alan Scott. Along with Batman as explained in both Batman and Detective Comics. All three of those mega superheroes are in Gotham City right now. The Spectre may be as well, but I I forget that one, so I'll I'll leave him out right now. But yes, Gotham City is well protected in the mid-40s in comic books. Definitely. So we have a gang war. Dr. Fate jumps into the midst of it, not taking sides, just knocking out and around anybody, shooting a gun, not in a police uniform. At the end, we see that a uh, the, the leader of one side, Lucky Lane, has been shot. He has a bullet near his heart, one near his lungs, and one in his shoulder. And Dr. Fate, looking him over, says, hmm, Yep, you're done for, Lucky. Lucky says, no, my ring will save me. Uh, Weeks later, sure enough, he survived that and he's in court. Dr. Fate, Kent Nelson, was thinking, well, even if you survive the physical 
the courts will be waiting for you on the other side. And lo and behold, he goes to court and the prime witness keels over from a heart attack. Lucky walks, beating the odds yet again. Curiously, fate peers into his all-seeing crystal ball to see what Lucky is up to and finds that he is planning his next caper. No sooner has he escaped all these charges, he's at it again. But he notices that someone behind Lucky, part of his entourage, his gang, none other than Chicago Charlie, is acting suspiciously. So fate follows him, sees that Chicago Charlie is turning on Lucky, giving information to the police. On the next caper, Lucky goes, and the police are waiting for him. They're going to a um, a rich person's house, a mansion of some sort, maybe. And they're going to steal a bunch of art masks. But Lucky stops. Open the door just about as he's about to go in. And he realizes he doesn't have his lucky ring, and he leaves. He will not do anything without his lucky ring. The police, they can't believe it, so they just leave. Well, after they go and get the ring, they come back to the place. Lucky and his men are still going to do it, just, you know, two, three hours later. So they're there, and Dr. Fate, uh, who's been following them this whole time, interrupts them. Starts waylaying on the henchmen, until finally Lucky's luck works out for him. A policeman, a lone policeman, having heard the noise of Dr. Fate and the henchmen fighting, slams open the door, knocking Dr. Fate momentarily, who falls victim to the butt of Lucky's gun. Lucky takes the semi-conscious, unconscious Dr. Fate, bundles him up, and tosses him out a window. Well, on the way down... uh, Dr. Fate finds his consciousness, flies back up into the window, and finds Lucky and his gang gone. The next evening, Lucky and his men, having donned the masks, they weren't art masks after all. They were, uh, they, they were correct. They, 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 well, whatever they were, they're masks that they're using now to hide their features. Uh, I'll say that. Maybe this is like early... Facial recognition interruption. Because you know how on all those shows, if you use tats on your face and stuff, it messes with facial recognition. Well, maybe that's what they're doing here. Only they're using like porcelain masks. You know, like the happy, sad face you always see attributed to um, theater. Yeah, maybe those kind of things. So they go and they're at the opera. And they're going to go to each of the... um, what you call them, little places where the people sit, box, boxes, box seats, and they're going to rob the people in the midst of the opera, using the singing of the opera personnel as the cover for what little noise they're allowing to get away. So they start making their way through, and as they're going from box to box, Dr. Fate notices a couple of them leaving one box and going into the next one, and he follows them, sees what they're doing, waylays them, sees across the theater that there's a group doing the same thing, flies over to that group, waylays them, but in the process, Lucky gets away. He says something and sends some of his men in one direction, which Dr. Fate hears and goes after. Lucky goes in another direction, having 
thrown fate off. However, fate soon sees him running across the stage, waylays him. Lucky falls off the stage into the orchestra, takes some of the strings from the string bass or the uh, viola, maybe, whatever the biggest upright stringed instrument is, takes the strings and uses them to try to choke Fate, which kind of works, but Fate throws a last-minute punch behind him that um, rattles Lucky and loosens his grip on the strings, allowing Lucky to run away while Fate is gasping and regaining his air. He chases Lucky down. Lucky goes to throw some switches on a giant circuit board, but electrocutes himself because of his Lucky ring. Uh, No explanation as to why, just that that is what occurred. The narrator tells us, but the magic ring of Dr. Fate never loses its power, and the man of magic who brings lawbreakers to book will be using it again for new thrills in the next issue of More Fun Comics. As I mentioned, interesting that there's another lucky named character so soon. Um, Interesting to watch as... Lucky falls prey, but then manages to weasel out and turn the tables on Dr. Fate multiple times. Haven't really seen the same bad guy do that. Now, maybe it happens multiple times because of a gang of men, right, as different men. Dr. Fate just loses uh, sight of one of the men. But this is Lucky, time after time, that weasels through something and and manages to uh, turn it around on Dr. Fate only to ultimately die at the end. So a little little different kind of story there, I noticed. Um, the, the art is main, maintaining throughout, story to story to story. It is uh, what it is. Um, it hasn't been the best I've ever seen, but it, it certainly is far from making me cringe just trying to read it. So about the only qualms I ever really have with reading and the way these stories read is the hand lettering that is employed at times, even in reproduction, even in toned up reproductions. It's still sometimes a little hard to see. Hasn't been too bad in these more fun comics books, but in the All Star comics, it sometimes the opening and closing monologues by the narrators are very, very difficult to read in just about any format that I find them. Um, I just wonder if that was the case when they were actually printed or if that is the one clear way to have read uh, the hand lettering back then. But by and large, uh, I I enjoy the hand lettering. It often adds something to the story, kind of a a kitschiness, as long as they don't go into some sort of, you know, script kind of, you know, nothing proper or anything. Don't write as if they're speaking with an accent or in a foreign language. Just... Nice English-sounding letters. You know, I don't know what the letters are. Arabic letters? No. We have... I don't know what kind of... What it's called. English letters, I guess. I don't know. But um, otherwise, uh, as far as the, the stories, which I, I don't mention too frequently, uh, the the construction of the stories and the um, art is, is maintaining. Um, it's entertaining enough for me to willingly read these stories and and hopefully relate them to you guys judge for yourself if you ever find copies um might be a little tough i mean these are early and mid 40s books good luck being able to attain these um without breaking the bank 
that's why these hardcovers are uh, such a good idea and why that's the way I've gone because they're the cheapest way. So there we go. All right, guys, that's all for this episode. Next time out, All-Star Comics, the 1940 volume, issue 18, cover dated fall 1943, and the 100th episode of Lords of Order. Talk to you guys then. Ciao. Lords of Order is a teal production, and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative, 3.0 unported license.